I'm from Australia, the land down under. I am from Brazil. Hi, guys. I'm from South Africa. Tell me something. What would you say if you knew the world was listening? My boss and his wife are terrible people. I mean, I love my man and all, don't get me wrong, but dude is worthless. <laughs> get back in the loop on What's the Word, the international show of Word of Mouth. You can find us by keying in What's the Word at Acorn Studio. I feel like Parkinson. You don't like him. I'm Sean McDonald, and you're obviously still not bored of my piss yet because here you are, back for more. In this episode, I speak to Maureen Carr and Sarah McCarthy. Sarah and Maureen are actresses of both screen and stage, plus directors, producers, writers, singer. I'll, I'll leave it there because I won't do it justice, but we talk about it in detail throughout the podcast. Uh, I'm highlighting this one purely for my own obsession with Still Game, but you might know Maureen from this famous role. Well, we'll have our usual. Uh, have Gin and tonic, please. I made sure we spoke about that at length. We spoke about Witzerface Productions and their body of work, past, present and future. If you don't know, Witzerface is an all-female comedy company that produces live shows, films, material, comedy workshops and more for those in the local community and beyond. And through Witzerface, they're creating something special uh, and it's... You know, it's creating a welcoming, thriving environment where women can come and learn and improve their craft. Again, they explain it a lot better than I could. Both Sarah and Maureen are highly respected within the industry, so it was really interesting to you know to, to find out about their, their careers, but more importantly, two fantastic people. Really warm, really funny. You'll hear that throughout the podcast. It was a real joy to record it. Uh, and to hear about a load of different things. I mean we talked about why women are underrepresented in entertainment, we talked about the Glaswegian sense of humour, old Scottish comedies, TV shows, and we just had a really good laugh. Um if you do enjoy it, a wee rating or a review on iTunes does help. Or sharing the podcast with somebody you think might enjoy it. It does help. As always, there'll be a wee bit for me at the end. But until then, hope you enjoy it. Cheers. So, Maureen, Sarah, welcome to Blethered. Thank you. Thank You're you. joining an illustrious list of guests, but <laughs> quite... A-listers, I would say. You two. Us? Absolutely. You had Rachel Jackson on last week, wasn't it? She is alright. She's She's old news. She's done now. Oh, that's great. She knows I'm only joking. (laughs) Support the women. Big support. Support the women. We'll we'll touch on all that. What I'd like to start, do you mind both of you just introducing yourself a wee bit, please, just for any listeners who might not know you? My name's Maureen Carr and I'm an actress. Uh, I'm also artistic director of What's Her Face Comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name's Sarah McCarty. I'm also an actress and a director and um, lots of other things. And <laughs> uh, I, I work very closely with Maureen uh, in What's Her Face to do comedy as well. Excellent. Let's get right into What's Her Face. <laughs> so my understanding, it's an all-female-led company and it produces live shows, films, material, comedy workshops, sketches. 
and tell me a wee bit about that. How did that come about, that idea, that concept? Well, first can I pick you up in something, yes. Sean? It's not what's her face, it's what's her face. What's her face? I thought that's what I said, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay, maybe you did and I just heard wrong. <laughs> uh, no, why did I start, what's her face? Aye, what, what brought it about? Uh, well, um, I was a bit late in life actually, and I was 55 and I decided, well, I want to do more comedy for women and a friend of mine, Jackie, who's now left the BBC, we were going to film sketches and mm-hmm. put it on YouTube. Um, so we did a couple of workshops and then it got bigger and bigger. We never did get to film the sketches, much many sketches then anyway. Uh, and the show became massive. Karen Dunbar was on board, Sarah, of course, at the beginning. Loads of well-known actresses, Alison Peoples, I'll probably f- leave out so many. They're mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. well-known. Um, and our first show was in St Luke's and I think it was 22 two of a cast 24 right, okay. was it 24 yeah. <laughs> 24 actresses doing sketches right. and um, it was a nightmare trying to organise rehearsals it mm. really was but it was fun so we just that's how I started it up was to do more comedy because uh, I just felt that there was nowhere for women to go to mm-hmm. go to to try and learn about comedy because that's the thing it's it's all about a learn. it's a learning process mm-hmm. and, it, and it's nothing to do with men not liking men it's just having an environment where women feel right okay we can fail we can well that didn't work yeah that you know it's because it's, and i'm sure it happens to guys but it just so happen i think that men have got the confidence to go and send stuff in you know yeah. you'll see it's mostly guys who who um that do comedy you see the names on the on the lists of you know the credits and that's fine but where do, where do these women go? How do they find out, yeah. you know, about writing scripts? So we'll get great actresses and they read them out and, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And we remember when we first started we, um, with lots of sketches. We would spend draft seven. You'd have draft seven of a sketch. Now it could be a minute and a half, mm-hmm. two-minute mm-hmm. sketch. And you just thought, Phil Differ actually, he was brilliant. I met, I've met so many people who have been helpful and with advice. And Phil had said to me, when, 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 if it's not working by draft two, throw it away. So it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, just don't keep it. So we're learning, that's the kind of things we've been learning as we go along. You try and save one, you know, try and work it out. And, but discovered that it's not going to work after draft seven, especially. <laughs> but after draft two, you go, hmm. So what's, what are the, the overall... I know this is quite an open question and maybe a bit tough to answer. What have been the differences in terms of the environment as compared from what's her face to, say, your average production environment? Yeah, well, mostly, and as I say, I've worked with some cracking actors, special comedy actors, Andy Gray, Jimmy Chisholm, um, Forbes Masson, <laughs> Alan Cummings, and, and more. I've never, ever felt uh, at all been put down at all and I mean that I've mm-hmm. never been but I've actually sat in rehearsals and got watched them develop and create and I've sat there and gone oh I'm not as funny as them I don't oh, I don't think I could do that I wish I could you know I don't have the confidence but, yeah. but that's not that's to do with me that's not to do with them not letting me because they would have I mean I would great patter with them they would you know it was be a wind up and yeah. you had a good you know good um, a good relationship with them but when it came to work in comedy, I always felt, oh, I'm not as good as them. So that that's that's how, and I think a lot of women feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, when they first start. But so when we first started, I you asked me about when we first started in comedy. Yeah. 
the difference. Well, I started in 1979, <laughs> well, 1980 actually. I got my card in 79, you have to have an equity card. And it was Jimmy Logan, uh, and I was 18, and I remember it was packed houses. It was the King's Theatre, mm -hmm. Inverness, mm -hmm. you know, King's Edinburgh. And it, it was great, it was really brilliant. Uh, it was like stop it, nurse. And stuff like that, but it was a great, you know, training ground because yeah, I never yeah. went to drama school. Mm -hmm. um, and that—that's and Ricky Fulton worked with Ricky. Wow. I know. So I've worked with some cracking, and mostly guys. Uh, I'm trying to think of women: Dorothy Paul. There you go, Una McLean and Dorothy Paul, who are geniuses. Mm -hmm. Brilliant, but they're not as well known as as the men. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they weren't, but they're just watching them do their... I, I worked with Dorothy in a play called Happy Medium. Right. Um, and and just watching her have the audience in the palm of her hand. She she played this medium, fake medium, that ends up... <laughs> she is actually psychic. <laughs> and one of the, the second act, you just she had the audience in the palm of her hand. They were howling with laughter, and it was just watching her, you know, work an audience. It was brilliant. It was great to see women do that, but mm -hmm. look... That's only two. Elaine C. Smith, of course, Elaine, mm -hmm. as well as another one. But that's not. there's not that many. There's not. Karen Dumb where's Karen Dumbar gone? Has she gravitated mm -hmm. more towards theatre work? Actually, I should have mentioned Karen. Have I not mm -hmm. mentioned her? Not so far. Oh, my goodness, she'll kill me. <laughs> Karen's Karen Byers. She's royalty. She's ah. amazing. Growing up, as a ch I mean, a massive Tune the Fat fan. Yeah. Like, she was my, f my first exposure to, like, females in comedy, mm -hmm. but I always felt she was very... Dominant and powerful. Is she like a dominant, per not in a bad way, but is she a dominant personality? She totally is. She's one, yeah. But she's also one of the nicest people I've ever met in right. my life. Mm -hmm. One of the most supportive people who would genuinely help Andy if she could, mm -hmm. uh, which is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and she was there at near, more or less the start of What's Her Face mm -hmm. and yeah. drove us. Uh, mm -hmm. But she is, she's, she's a genius. She's actually on tour with Calendar Girls, taking her clothes off. Oh, really? Sure. <laughs> yeah. She's still doing it. It's been a while. But she She's is. still so supportive of what's her face, though, because I think oh, you did I mention it at the start when yeah. you said I think you did mention it at the very beginning. Oh, but, um, hey, don't kill her, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, she also like compared a show that we did just last year at what? the Webster's Theatre. Mm -hmm. So I think if and when Karen can still help us, she definitely mm -hmm. does. Absolutely. And is a great supporter. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know. Once she's finished calendar, girls, maybe she'll come back and yeah. do something. Maybe she'll oh, come on to Blethered one time. Well, she, I'm mm. sure she will. I'm telling you, I, would, yeah. I, would be, I really would be starstruck, though. Mm. Would would be, well, she would take over. She'd, yeah, in she in would. a funny way, and uh, she uh, is hilarious. She's brilliant. Do you know I did a play with her? She wrote her first play for Orrin Moore oh, last okay. year <laughs> called Hashtag 71. And we were playing for the 71-year-olds. Uh, uh, it was me, Claire Waugh, and Karen. <laughs> um, and it was hilarious. It was and brilliant. She, she had me rapping. As a 71 year old. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely. I couldn't get it right actually until the, the very opening day. Mm -hmm. You know, so it yeah, was she's brilliant. brilliant. I'm, uh, this, now that we've just spoken about sort of the dynamic for women in comedy, I would like to ask you if you've worked with, or who are the most influential? people that you've worked with on, on your career because you've worked with Colin Gilbert still game obviously mm -hmm. and you had a wee part in City Lights mm -hmm. what are you a receptionist or something I can't <laughs> no I remember that oh my now you're, you're um... well you're thinking for anybody who doesn't realise Colin Gilbert would you agree is a very senior figure in Scottish comedy oh he was founder, uh -huh. he was, he found, founder of the comedy unit yeah 
So he walked on. He's walked in Everton. Do you know his dad commissioned Faulty Towers? Mm-hmm. Yes. That is a very cool bit of trivia. So that obviously goes a way back. So he he's walked in Everton. I'm going to shut up because I'm taking over here. But who are the most influential <laughs> people that you've worked with and uh, you know your career there? Um, oh, uh, quite a few. Um, oh, um, uh, Peter Mullen. I'm going to. Peter Mullen. Throw him oh in. well, Peter. Yes, hmm. that was yeah. I've worked with Peter a couple of times. Uh, yeah, Una McLean. Dorothy Paul, mm-hmm. um, Ricky Fulton, Andy Gray. Andy mm. Gray. I mean, honestly, I've, I've, I don't know if I can say this. You probably put it on, but I nearly peed myself on stage <laughs> because of Andy Gray. That's by the way. That's going to be the preview for the episode that'll be going out. Honestly, I've <laughs> never ever. Uh, we were talking about that Stuart Hepburn was in. It was called Can't Pee Won't Pee, right. and it's a great, a great. Um, play a comedy and it's Dario Fo Italian hmm. writer but apparently Johnny McKnight do you know Johnny? No. Oh god brilliant. we need to get Johnny on mm-hmm. here he's just oh yeah he'd be yeah, great. He's Who's brilliant. Johnny for he's, myself and the listeners? He's the dawn of Scottish theatre comedy actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, my appearance has been highlighted here hasn't it? No no, 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 no. he is he's a fantastic actor uh, director creator of theatre right. he co- is a co-artistic director of Random Accomplice with Julie Brown. Yeah. He writes a lot of pantos uh, for uh, for Scotland and mm. at the, often at the Tron and Stirling at the McRobert. It's my chance uh, to play buttons in it if I get one. He's, <laughs> a, he's a great dean. He's he brilliant. But he's also writing for River City. He is. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later because you obviously featured heavily in that. Yeah. What was there something else we were talking about before that? About you, who were the most influential people that you've right. worked with? Not um, influential in terms of mm-hmm. public perception, but in terms of for you. Oh, um, I know I should have thought of that before I come on. Didn't know mm-hmm. it was going to be this deep. Shall we? <laughs> uh, Sorry. Actually, quite uh, there's quite a lot. Uh, Why don't you just say fuck everybody else? Uh, I'm my own person. Because <laughs> I'm not. Well, I'm now. Actually, it's funny. The older you get, the more you become more uh-huh. confident. You do. Mm-hmm. But the influence. I don't. I've never had a, he- a heroine or a hero. Mm-hmm. I've never gone. Oh, I want to. I want to be like them. I'm not really that way inclined. Although I did love Catherine Hepburn and Betty Davis. Hmm. Um, but no, I've just I've just taken bits from mm-hmm. all the people I've worked with, male and female. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I would say, and I've always said it, there are. M- Maybe not more. Yes, there are. There are more female um, actresses that are talented up here than male. There always has been. Right. There's the bomb. The I bomb in the room's that. just gone <laughs> off. And it's just, it's, <laughs> unfortunately, there's not enough work. Uh-huh. But there are, there's so many talented women, and, mm-hmm. and it's just so frustrating mm-hmm. that there's not comedy and drama. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. On the last episode, Rachel Jackson said we were discussing female representation in comedy, which is obviously a very male-dominated segment of the entertainment industry. And I asked the question, I can't even remember what I asked, I basically said, what do you think about female representation? And she said, if you go to the Fringe, you see there are hundreds of female comics. But if you go to a comedy club or a comedy show or a TV show, there's not that many. Mm -hmm. So she asked the question, maybe they're not being invited. What are your thoughts on that? Can I just say, Sarah mm-hmm. McCarthy is also stand-up comedian. Right, okay. She's stand-up, so she can answer that question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I started doing stand-up last year. Right, okay. Through being built up, my confidence levels were built up doing Witzer Face because mm-hmm. I think, although as Maureen's a fantastic actress, uh, but also has funny bones, mm-hmm. and I would say the same 
That sounds like a blown one trumpet. I'm a fantastic actress, <laughs> and I've got funny bones. But what I mean is, you know, I think, I think that, I think Mo's right that the older you get, certainly. I'm forty. I was forty last year. That's what you say. Right, well, you're I, well, not. I thought you were twenty-four. Oh, oh coming back. Who's this university That's student it. coming That's in? That's it. I had to show my ID to get in here. That's it. We can't even go for a drink after you're not getting the pub. Oh, you said that before. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think the older that I've gotten, I've mm-hmm. definitely gained in my self confidence. Because mm-hmm. I think when you're in the arts, when you're a female, actually, whatever gender you are, if you're in the arts, it's a very, very kind of complicated and insecure place to be. Yeah. And when you're younger, certainly for me and for a lot of the people that I know, they didn't last very long because mm-hmm. there's a lot of rejection involved and stuff like that. The older that I've got, I've got more faith in myself. And comedy was something I always wanted to try. And I remember Mo and I actually getting together at one point in a, in a hall in Cardonald yeah. to try out ideas. Because Mo was like, you're a funny woman, I'm a funny woman, why don't we just try some mm. things? We were howling in this church hall, I weren't we? The, the hall? I think we've got the DVD somewhere. Oh, God, don't ever yeah. show me. I'd love um, to see you. <laughs> <laughs> we just started filming daft, daft yeah. ideas for things. And then it was Mo that took the absolute initiative to get something properly starting with that and since being part of Witzer Face I've enjoyed a lot, I've learned so much, been given so much support and then it was like actually we were doing these um, like gigs for charity mm-hmm. so there might only be six of us and we would go along to when we'd been invited uh, as a sketch group to do a couple of sketches at these charity functions and whenever we went and there were stand-ups there were always guys Night. And, uh, you know, I sat one night and I thought, I wonder why that is. Why is it all these guys at the stand-ups? And it wasn't a resentful thing. I was genuinely a bit bemused by it. It's not their fault. We've not their not fault, that. absolutely yeah. not. Maybe a wee bit of inbuilt, inbuilt male arrogance that people find is funny. I, was... no, I don't know what it is. I, I just think it's maybe guys are a bit more confident at getting up and giving it a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember sitting at a charity function going, I want to try that. And so we were doing a Witzer Face gig... Um, and that was one that Andy Gray actually mm-hmm. it was one of the um, sitcom sharings that That's we had right. and I did stand up for the first time that she night she was brilliant <laughs> she was. my leg was shaking but right. I thought I just want to try this I was going to say sorry just to interrupt there like it is a terrifying I can imagine it's terrifying I've mm. never done it the yeah. only experience I've got of being in a stand up stage was at Red Raw, I think, at the oh, stand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Michael Redmond was comparing, mm-hmm. and they asked you to write your name on a bit of paper, put it in a bag, and they'll pull out the winner who gets speed tickets. So I won. So he got me up on the stage, Oof. and I'm talking, it was as if <laughs> my feet were nailed to the floor, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. one knee's, like, shaking, <laughs> and he's, he's telling us a joke, and I was like, you oh, bastard. I was like, oh, no. I was only 20 as well, so oh. I just, or 21, so I just was like, no. Honestly, palms Sweat. sweating. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he just was, he asked me to say something. And I, it, not that way in a dream when you're trying to run away, but you're running dead slow. That's, <laughs> what, it fe- <laughs> that's what it felt like. Like, everything was in slow motion. I was trying to stick it goodness. I was like, this is just. <laughs> the only way it could have been worse is if I was naked. That's where he got to. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got an appreciative applause. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was so anybody who's able to get up there yeah. and and be funny 
and recite that comedy and enter and you know play off people and all that. It's yeah, it's I an agree. admirable uh, thing. We see that's the thing about what's your face. We don't. Most of us are actors. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of stand up. That's so different. Doing stand up mm-hmm. is. I mean, I couldn't do stand up. No way. It's a whole other thing altogether, isn't it? But it's interesting because what I've found actually on the stand up circuit, to be absolutely honest, men have been really supportive of me mm-hmm. so far. Uh, they've been they've been brilliant you know Raymond Mearns and they've been one of them Stu Who they've been great they've given me lots of great advice um, maybe Ray, Raymond Mearns has got that in him have you read Kevin Bridges' autobiography no I haven't he talks about when he first started and he wanted to chuck it because he started off really well mm. hit maybe a wee dip because he was going to pubs and there was mm-hmm. two people there and they wouldn't laugh yeah and he's talking about, you know, watching porn as an under 18, but his auntie and his mum and that's there, and he's, he was ready to chuck it, and Raymond Mearns kind of took him aside and was like, yeah. I've done hundreds of these gigs, and kind of yeah. coached him through, and yeah. it sounds as if he's got, I've heard that a few times. He's got a kind heart. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I would love to have him on, he walked with Lemmy, I'm a big fan of Lemmy. Yeah, yeah. you nice. know I have Lemmy on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's royal, and he, that's how you get him. so are you got on. <laughs> I know, that's true, but so I was able to blackmail you too, so I need to come up with a way to I'm blackmail sure. him. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll go. Maybe. Yeah. He, I had yeah. to email Lemmy, because um, you know he's got a very dry... Yeah. Cutting sense of humour, and he comes across as nasty, but it's a it's an act. Part of course. I sent him an email when I was like seventeen because I was working on something, and he was. I think he'd only just series one. The Lemmy show wasn't even out, and I'd been working on something for uh, college, and I emailed him it saying, "What do you think of this?" Mm-hmm. Or, I can't. It wasn't just as like junk. Now it's good, mm-hmm. but whatever I asked him for, and he sent me like the loveliest two-page email back. <gasps> Wow. Well, these things, and he said he's like, I'm not going to read that because um, if anything I ever do ever comes up, then you can say I've found me that. Yeah, good but, on him. Yeah. But then he just sent me this lovely email, and I can't even remember the content of it now. Mm. But I remember just coming away and being like, you didn't need to send me that. He's yeah. one of the good guys. Aye, mm, that's lovely. great. Um, that's his great. book's definitely worth a read, by the way. I've yeah, read that, just yeah. finished it. Yeah. I've never, I've never read. Well, I had the audiobook, so I've never listened to a more honest. Really? Book. I mean, some of the stuff I was like, "Fucking hell!" Really? I can't believe mm-hmm. he's put that in there. But mm-hmm. it makes for it makes for entertaining insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, I've just totally no. taken no. away. So Raymond Mearns has been very supportive. Men yeah, have been supportive yeah. of you. Yeah, they have actually in a stand-up circuit. I would I would have to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we've talked before uh, about uh, certainly in my life. Anyway, if I stop and think about who makes me laugh, mm-hmm. like who are my favourite comedians. I would have to say Billy Connolly would be oh. my number one. He's my absolute number no. one. And then I would be like, oh, Peter Kay, he really makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of uh, humour that's just so relatable mm-hmm. that you just, you can imagine when they're telling you the story, you are there, you're like totally with them. Yeah. And your belly's so and your face is so. <laughs> that's the kind of humour that I appreciate. Yeah. And, and then I stopped and thought, God, I wonder why I'm not naming women. Because actually, in my real life, out with like famous comedians, mm-hmm. I know you're listening, I actually did that wanky thing of doing a speech sign. <laughs> uh, you can't see that I'm doing that, but yeah, I'm doing it, talking to the microphone, doing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, but in my real life, not with people who are celebrities, say, or on the stand-up circuit or any of that, the mm-hmm. people in my life make me laugh are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mum. I mean, you know, my mum, Mo, my sister, my niece. You know, uh, they're real people, and I think mm-hmm. women are brilliant storytellers. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would say. And I mean, that's, that's my... Yeah, that's my argu- argument about because um, you get it a lot. You get it from women too. Women aren't funny. Women are hilarious. Uh, and yes. you go, well, who's the funniest person you know in your life? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they'll most nine out of ten they'll go, Manti. Yeah. 
French and Saunders for me. Oh is, yeah, French and, and Saunders. Victoria Woods and <sighs> Julie Walters. Yeah. And, but then you go down the route of Dorothy Paul, Elaine mm-hmm. C. Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not that many. Do, do you know, like Karen Dunbar, Karen should have gotten mm-hmm. second, third, fourth, fifth series. series yeah. I know. On stand-up circuit, obviously, there's Janie, there's Ashley Story, yeah. there's Dee, Dee Maxwell. Yeah, I was talking about um, past, but yeah, um, and we've got Viv G actually on our show, and which is thirty first of March at seven thirty at the tramway. Buy um, a ticket. If um, anybody would like to buy a ticket, we actually have tickets are available at sits.co.uk. That's spelled C I T Z because it's in conjunction with the Citizens Theatre. Is that right? At yes. the tramway in the south side. Yeah. If they're not there, isn't it for you? You can call zero one four one four two nine zero zero two two for tickets and we will talk more about Oh What A Night because that's coming up yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, do, would you agree that maybe there, are, there aren't these female representations because it has been seen as a bit of an impenetrable bubble then for women to get into comedy oh, because yeah. there is that you know if say, say a man stands up and he's not funny you would say he was rubbish mm-hmm. if a woman stands up you go women yeah, you aren't go, they funny yeah. yes, there the you go the people that say that have never been touched by a woman and maybe that's why they've just <laughs> yeah. got this inbuilt anger and resentment do you know what I mean but it is so it's always a pure female repellent that yeah. comes out with that part uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. but I've said women say it too though mm-hmm. to be fair women have said oh I don't find women and then the, you know, they come to our show and say, well, I didn't realise women could be fun, that funny. Mm-hmm. Because they've not, but to be fair, they've not seen enough mm-hmm. women being funny. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Men have had it for years. I've been tr- trying comedy for years. So they've been allowed to fail. Mm-hmm. They've been mm-hmm. allowed to try things out, work things out. Mm-hmm. So they're away ahead of us in years to do with their confidence. Yeah. Whereas if a woman comes on and she bombs, <laughs> they'll go, there you go. See, mm-hmm. they can't, they're not funny. That's mm-hmm. it. And it, so and that, that's you. That's the whole of womankind that aren't funny. Right. It's you like know? when a Muslim person carries out an attack, then yes. all of a sudden it's all Muslims. I know, are... I know, absolutely. Maybe it's, it's lazy. It's lazy. <coughs> it is lazy. It's not thinking for yourself. No. Is it? Rachel Jackson actually is another comedian we should mm-hmm. mention. Mm-hmm. Rachel's yes. show, Slutty Little Goldfish, as <laughs> discussed in episode eight. You can also get tickets for that. <laughs> I think that's at the Tron Theatre. Um, so when is that on? That is, oh, you bastard, you put ah, me right in the ah, can't remember. You that, Rachel? I know, I will put it in the intro. Yeah. Um, so What's Your Face is not just about creating comedy, then it's about creating an environment for women to thrive and, and yes. learn. Especially writers, Can, actually. How do people get involved with that? Is there a criteria? We've got a website and we've got a Facebook page, and if anyone's interested in writing comedy and we're looking for being... See, trying to get black and ethnic minority as well, mm-hmm. women comedy. It's um, we've put the call out and we've not had it. We've not received any, mm-hmm. but we're looking for any any women. But would love to hear from working class Scottish women because they're so funny. Yeah. And people, mm-hmm. women who think they can't write, but they've got great ideas. See if you've got a good story, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, um, and you know, good patter. Get in touch because mm-hmm. that can be honed. Mm-hmm. We can work with them, you know. Am I correct in saying you offer free workshops as well? Well, I wouldn't call them workshops. We call them. I suppose they are kind of workshops, mm-hmm. aren't they? We meet up with the writers if we're not doing a show on a Wednesday, and um, we discuss sketches or people putting sketches into Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and it's we've got one of the one of the new writers, Margaret, 
um, and, and in fact Marjorie two new re- mm-hmm. writers have brought sketches in the show mm-hmm. it's the first time they've ever written a sketch mm-hmm. my, my favourite sketch are the ones I've seen Elizabeth oh. when she mm-hmm. did Michelle Mullen going mm-hmm. back to Brighton but wearing a, a biohazard <laughs> suit and a mask and it's saying like why, why are you all so resentful to me when I tell you how horrible this place is <laughs> yeah. fucking hell I know. that was very funny and she's also astoundingly convincing as Melania Trump. Oh, Melania, no. And Cheryl Cole. Well, we're doing more. We filmed them, but just time-wise, it's unfortunate because we have to to work because none of us get paid. Well, I'm saying none of us get paid. Mm -hmm. Get the odd 50 quid here and there. We don't earn a lot of money. It's not a funded organisation yet. So we have to work and um, say that that means acting or whatever we do. So selling a kidney. Selling a kidney, yes. <laughs> so it's... Uh, <laughs> selling a kidney to pay my mortgage, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've... What, you get two? I've got none now. I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting in front of you with none. Kidneyless. <laughs> that's my January and February mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing. I mean, people come up to see about acting. They go, oh, do, what do you do about acting? My niece, my mum, my mum, well, baby, my daughter... And I'm always saying, don't do it. <laughs> I do, I don't encourage anybody to act because, and it's a working class thing. It's been all over the, the papers with your, you know, um, Cumberbatch, um, what's his Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, who I think so is great. You can call him anything and people will know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Funny, isn't it? You yeah, could be yeah. like, you know, Bobby Cumbly Snatch and you'd like that boy because I'm still at home. I'm going to call him Bobby Cumble Snatch. But it, and his name, because he always gets mentioned, because because nobody remembers it but uh. and says it properly but it, it is a very it is it, you can you need to have money to do acting Aye. you can't you cannot make a living as an actor anymore I uh, Rachel was speaking about that you know saying to go for auditions to be in London to be available mm-hmm. to drop your hat but you still mm-hmm. need to pay it mm-hmm. and it is an attack on the people who are able to you know who are able to have that like, good on them but mm-hmm. there are a lot of people so how did I speak to about this um, Tommy Gakin Wan, who's in episode five of the podcast, oh, he's a right. photographer, and we were saying that creativity often comes as a result of struggle or you know being up against things. So if we are not making it easier for you know working class people to come into these industries, mm. how much are we potentially losing? Exactly, oh, so much. Yeah, and we've lost like you know um, Wildcat. Wellcat 74, do you remember them? No. Oh my goodness. Wellcat and 74 were uh, John McGrath, David McLennan right. mm-hmm. and Davy Anderson and they, they were uh, political socialist okay. companies. They were they went round all the, I remember playing shot, Shots Town, not even Town Hall, Miners Institute, right. all the places we took political, you know the, the stag in the black back oil, what's it called? Um, mm-hmm. It's the re- out on tour. Yeah, the re- it's, it was written in 79 about the oil can't achieve it, the stag it's in the black back oil. It's Joe Douglas directing this one. Right, and it's a really a political, mm. you know, piece. And mm-hmm. uh, political theatre is now, I don't think there's very many, I can't think of any, mm. that go out into community centres. Mm-hmm. And that's what What's Our Face do. We're based in the Calton, and we work with the community in uh, doing drama. We do do, you know, um, workshops, but... That's within a company called Nay Drama. They've just started mm-hmm. up. They've no funding. Uh, <coughs> and they've done sketches that What's Her Face had written. Mm-hmm. And they performed them. And they were brilliant. 
so it's it's where do you know where do they go? Margaret Ann Gatchigan has been brilliant. She's trying to keep it going, trying to get funding, and it's so hard because everybody's grasping for pots and bits mm. of money from mm-hmm. here, there, and everywhere. Mm. But what's her face? Um, we just have to keep going mm-hmm. and uh, see where we see where we end up. It's gone fairly well so far, as far as I can see. I know there's mm. obviously a lot of room for improvement. And what do you mean a lot? <laughs> you know, you know, I, I mean in terms of your business model, <laughs> not in terms of your creative output. You're very obviously. right in that, absolutely. <laughs> uh, tell me a wee bit, please, about Oh What a Night. I don't want to be pulled up again for mispronouncing. Well, actually, Sean, it's Oh Wit a Night. <laughs> oh Wit a Night, as in wits her face. See, this is women, Wit. That's it. That was intentional <laughs> misogyny for any. <laughs> Or Andy tells pulls me up. See the things that people pull you up for, by the way. Really? I am like that was a joke. Oh. Because we were, I was talking to <laughs> no. Joe Hewlett about um because he was talking about oh, BAME representation. Right, we were talking about BAME re- black and ethnic minorities representation. Yes. And for people with disabilities and stuff, and I said. Do you think they just went fuck it, make the indebtables, and that will fill a big quota? No. Yeah. That was a surprised. joke. Did but see the amount of people who get in touch with me. Oh, I can't say that pure raging. I'm like. I even said at the end that it was a joke because I was like, some people will not be able to understand I was joking. Sorry, right, I'd do this thing when I just ramble. Uh, no, no, ramble. Good. Tell me about the show, please. What's that? Uh, okay, so All oh, What a Night is the 31st of March. It's yep. Mother's Day. Uh, it's a Sunday. Celtic are also playing Rangers. Rangers so. I know, I wasn't going to mention that, but here we are, and now, mm. now here we are. Got a couple it's of sketches in about that. About right. that very thing. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's a new show, and there's two acts of 45 minutes. Right. We've got fabulous Viv G, female comedian, Yay. who is going to be, um, I thought you were going to say something about her. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think she's brilliant. Um, she is topping and tailing the show for us. She's, right, okay. uh, you know, very much part of the makeup of what we're doing. Uh, we've got four songs that the whole group of women are involved in. We've got nine of a cast. Um and we've also got, I think it's 24 sketches at the moment. At the moment. At the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which will be in each act of the show. Magic. Yeah. And we're also um, hoping to have a competition, because mm-hmm. it's Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the prize, John. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that, you don't have anybody buying any tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yes, and a night out the show. Yeah, that'll be the prize. Yes, at the Loudon Bar or (laughs) in the Hoops Bar. Well, let's see if it's a Loudon Bar. They will smell my blood as soon as I walk in. I would not be welcome there. My name like Sean. Well, anyway, Um, I've got a boy, Sean. Um, and my eyes aren't spread too far apart, so I would never fit. That again. I said I've got pals that go to the Loudon. I was only kidding. I was only kidding. Nothing to do with what's her face. We're neutral. Yeah, no. me too. I do like Party football. Party thistle. Do you know it? I'm not joking. I'm oh. the biggest Celtic fan on earth. <laughs> biggest Celtic fan on earth. But I need to say that yeah. before I half like my listeners here. I, I, I prefer rugby. <laughs> now everybody will stop listening because they think I'm a Tory. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse than it. I like cycling and yeah. mountaineering. Yeah. I, I prefer polo and <laughs> croquet. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, oh yeah, so that's all. What a night! It's uh, sketches, songs, a good laugh, and a good laugh. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's really. Uh, I'm going to try and come down. Now, Please do. You need to thing. because you're the competition prize. Exactly. You need to be there. I definitely <laughs> will try. And the reason I think I could make it is because I'm off the drink. Now, if I was, now 
Mm-hmm. And I went to the game. And after the game. Well, I, I'm not making anything. I wouldn't <laughs> make my own wedding. Only... Are you off the drink for Lent? Uh, I suppose you could say that. I mean, I was off it anyway, but I'm just going to So incorporate... you're not off the drink for Lent? Uh-uh. I'll incorporate it so I don't need to give up chocolate. <laughs> I can't handle that. You know you're allowed to take days off in Lent? No, you're not. Yeah, this came from... from I heard this from Monsignor. Because, because my mum asked us, but they just don't tell you. But he takes his days off. <laughs> so, when Senior Bradley and Bishop Bright, I've just shot you right in. <laughs> because you take days off and you're allowed, but they just they that. don't want that to be common knowledge. How can be allowed days off? Like, 40 days and 40 nights, our Lord walked through that desert. He but didn't have a day off, did he? I think there was something about it. I can't remember what he said the reason was. He had a cheeky day off. I need to research that, but... Um, <laughs> No. So we're all like, everybody's like suffering. Pope Francis got his feet up having a beer. <laughs> <laughs> a beer and a joint with his feet up. <laughs> so like over St. Peter's Square, like, I can't believe these dafties actually doing this for 40 days. I've given off the drink. Given off? I've given off something. Uh, mm-hmm. Up the drink for Lent as well. That's why I was asking. My mum's mm-hmm. done it and she's taken it. I've grasped her in as well. <laughs> Oh, Sean's mum. That's it. I'm out here <laughs> snitching duty tonight. But I bet your mum's funny. Is your mum funny? Aye, she is funny, aye. See? Mm. Funny looking. No, I'm joking. Oh! She's no, she's absolutely beautiful. Um, <laughs> but aye, she, my mum's funny. Aunt, my mum, Marty. My gran's funny. See? She'll be listening to this. My gran's unintentionally funny. Well, that's a bit. Yeah, well. Aye. Uh, but still funny. That's still. <laughs> no, don't, I don't want to insult your gran. I was going to. No. No. We've got some of the actresses in our, in our uh, group that they don't know how funny they are. They're just mm-hmm. they're just hilarious, mm-hmm. and they don't know they are. They're not trying to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just I could I, I, if we could film our rehearsals, if oh. it could be a fly in the wall documentary made about our actual rehearsal space, I think people would be howling. Yeah. Never mind what we actually try and I know make. People in every city say this about <clears throat> the inhabitants of their city, but do you think the Glaswegian? perspective on life a sense of humour gives us that edge absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. really I mean it's it, it, the humour is just out there mm-hmm. do you know there's um, was a guy in America that um, you know the, the Hurricane Bobag was it Hurricane Bobag that loves... was Mel Fraser who coined that phrase really oh, I I know, did she get money for it <laughs> I don't know did she, she... write Mm-hmm. No, she, I, she's she's funny. She's very funny. Is she? She is. I. Um, mm. She tweeted that, and that went obviously pure. Well, there you go. So there's this guy who now loves American, um, sorry, Scottish, special Glaswegian humour. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a one-off. I, I think yeah. the closest is Liverpool, I suppose, wouldn't Aye. it? And Ireland. Ireland, I bet. I think as well, it's, there's something about there's a self-deprecating humour and yeah. an honest humour about it. Yeah. I think I think mm-hmm. people in Glasgow love to laugh at themselves mm-hmm. and that's what I think is a medicine for life it really is right. yeah. you know uh, rip the knitting out of everybody else I think yeah. they yeah you're not allowed to get above yourself and they'll, no. bring, they'll bring you're you back not, down yeah, so you may as well yeah. just bring yourself down yeah, exactly. you see, cause you, it's like a controlled explosion like yeah. you can oh. control how far it goes but if you don't somebody's waiting yeah. to absolutely hammer oh, you alright do you think you're funny then <laughs> aye, exactly, aye. <laughs> aye. Um, <laughs> I, the, Scot- the Scottish sense of humour is very specific in it. Pe- sometimes people don't get it. Mm-hmm. But when people do, I find it quite magical. There's a guy who I work with, and he is Russian, and he yeah. used to live in Stirling, and he now lives in Portugal. And I was on a video call <laughs> with him, and he's like, oh, by the way, 
if you ever heard of a show called Still Game, and I was like, <laughs> well, are you asking a question? But like, I'm the biggest Still Game fan of are all you? time. Like, the biggest. Everybody says that, no, Sean. No, well, listen. <laughs> I'm going to quiz you like no. See when Amy McDonald did Still Get Mastermind. <laughs> I would have wiped the floor where she took too long to answer easy questions. <laughs> and I've actually sure. seen episode four, right. which nobody's seen yet, and Ooh. I texted you to tell you, you were look- I'm not going to give it away, but you were looking lovely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You were looking yeah. smashing at the end. That'll surprise people. Nobody. <laughs> Magic. Did you know, what, how did you come up with that? So let's let's go way back, because we need to talk about that right. still game. Yes. Were you asked to audition for the part? Well, Yes, a long story. Can I, we get time? Oh, we've got all the time in the world. Uh, I, the voice, the voice I used was still game. I actually used it before in Orphans. Talk about Peter Mullen. Yeah. So it was Peter Mullen's Orphans, and I've just done an interview. Actually, they're doing a documentary of twenty-five years. Uh, was it twenty years? Of still game. Of Orphans. All of Orphans. Have you ever sorry. seen Orphans? No. I'm a big Peter Mullen fan as well, so I do. You need to get to watch Orphans. Right, okay. You need to watch Orphans. It's brilliant. It's what it's his first movie, his first oh, film. Is it's great. Gary Lewis, Dougie Henshaw, Steve McCall, Frank Gallagher. Oh my goodness, so many. Alec Norton, Laurie Ventry. I've probably missed out loads, but anyway, he's written Orphans, and it's about four guys and their sister, three three brothers and a sister is in a wheelchair. The mother dies, and they're trying to get to the funeral. And things go wrong, and Gary's Gary Lewis is the self-righteous. You know, he thinks he's the, he, you know, he thinks he tries to take over. Mm-hmm. So this is what's happening. Uh, Steve McCall, no, is it Steve that gets stabbed before the funeral? Spoiler. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can cut that out. So anyway, um, but it's a great. So it's a, it's about it. It goes um, towards the, the the funeral, right? So that's mm-hmm. where you're heading towards this funeral, and it's the journey the boys go on to get there. So um, I'm in a cellar with Laurie Ventry and Alec Norton's a pub landlord mm-hmm. and it's Dougie, that's right, yeah, Dougie Henshaw, one of the brothers, goes for a drink in this pub and then um, he gets thrown in the cellar and things. Me, Laurie Ventry and a couple other weirdos. Right. <laughs> that's what the landlord did, just chuck these weirdos <laughs> down in the right. cellar, right? <laughs> so... Go back to rehearsals. We're in rehearsals for Orphans, and I was telling a story, and and I bet you're pure gutty that you're never going to know what that story was. Took it out. Sorry. Here's an absolutely banging tune instead. missed out on a story but you got an absolutely brilliant song so win some lose some we're going back to Maureen where she's going to tell the rest of the story about how she came up with the voice for Edith um, we'll be talking about still game unpredictability in the entertainment industry and hundreds of other stuff you'll hear it have fun and this woman was walking walking out the, the lift and she'd started done with that <laughs> and honestly that so I told this story and I can't remember what she said well I do I'm not going to repeat it it was 
Sweden. Right. And then mm-hmm. she and, I, and Peter turned around and went, "That's the voice." Mm-hmm. I went, "What do you mean?" She says, "Use that voice." I went, "No, I'm not using it. I'm not doing that voice." She says, "You need to use the voice. Please use it." So it was in orphans first. Right. Okay. Nah, so, so then, mm-hmm. cutting, you know, going forward to still game, I auditioned for Eileen McCallum's part. Yes, so, I, right. I, yeah, I knew that. I should have dropped that wee knowledge bomb there. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I auditioned for Eileen's part and um, and I came in and read and then I said to Michael Hines, uh, I said, uh, this wee ugly person, <laughs> he says, I said, can I try a voice with this? And he went, okay, it's only a couple of lines. I went, I know, but can I try it? So, and I read it and I went, right, now Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> and he just went, oh. He actually went out the room, brought back Ford and Greg mm-hmm. and said, listen to this, is this okay? This is, can we use this? And that's how she began. And I've only done six episodes. Everybody Every, thinks I've been in... I know. And Wait. I played the Hydro, which was the... That's me peaked to play the Hydro. Bye. 21 nights and... That was so Phenomenal. Good. Are you in the, the one coming up? No. What a letdown. No, thank nah, I'm you. joking, but... Um, <laughs> Oh, I can't no. remember. I thought you would have been in it. No. So you were in six episodes? Yes. You were in Coton, oh which is series one. And mm. you came back in Swatton because <laughs> Morag, no, no Morag, Margot, six of the belt, for Margot, that. Because <laughs> Bobby slapped her bum, knocked her out. How did you come back? I don't tell me. You woke up with Winston the next morning, did you know? <laughs> I can't remember. You're in thing me, the one with Craig Ferguson. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't disappear. You're in the one that's coming up to what day is it? It's when is it Thursday? Thursday. Is it is it on a Thursday or a Friday? It's well, I don't because there's, there's the new channel. Then, Aye, is it not it's on? It's messing with my head. I've yeah. seen episodes one, two, three. I'm only in one and two, so it must have been, and I might. No, be you're in, in episode four. Am I? Oh wait. <laughs> what is the one that before? I saw when they're all going in for the competition? Is that already that's, been on? For oh, is that not the bingo or the magazine? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the competition. Uh-huh. Is that one been? Yeah, that's the second one. Because I've seen them so disjointed. Because I went to see five and six, I went to live screening at Sunny ah, World. right. And then I saw episode one on TV, and I saw episode two so at the GFT. Before. That's the one in episode two. Right. And then episode <coughs> three makeover. was ta. Oh, aye. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's now the second part of a two-parter. Oh, Tam's dead. Well, so people think. <laughs> we can talk about it now, because obviously by the time this goes out, it'll be done. I think that he faked <laughs> his own death in order to get the insurance money to pay for Winston's surgery. I've seen that on Twitter, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Might be, I don't know. I would say it. <laughs> I thought episode five was like a throwback to... Uh, to the first six series really thought it was amazing yeah and episode six I was just fi- at first I was filled with this warmth and happiness at episode five and then uh, six came in I was just like uh, oh my god you can't see it, it it's not done. out yet no I won't see <laughs> what happened I won't see what happened but it was well, well have you seen it no I've not seen it no I've, I've read it you know what happens okay. I thought it was done perfectly good it was done perfectly good. I was genuinely emotional like, it's like saying because I've got it on all the time like I don't have this rain man knowledge for nothing like it's just always on in the background it's amazing people (laughs) what do you think that is why do you think it is I think we still game for a start it's for the first six series it was hilarious it's it's genius like for (laughs) example when 
you go to give Victor a kiss and he gets you in a headlock and kind of scratches your head and then shoves you on the bus. Just these wee things. But lots of things are funny, but I think there's a familiarity because it's Glasgow. Mm. I think they tackle serious subjects like death and loss and loneliness and it's tempered with humour as well. And it's things that people can relate to that are also funny. Um, yeah. That's just for me, is the, the ultimate. It's, well, it's, it's the massive, best. absolutely massive. It really is. Um, Connection. But what's the difference between Rab C and. But right enough, I suppose Rab C is. It's been about 15 years, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Since. I, did they bring it back in 2007 were they, or 2008, maybe? Mm-hmm. They started. They did another series or a couple of specials. Yeah. Thing. I don't know, we yeah. still get, I don't know, they've just tapped into something. I think you recognise within every character somebody that you know. Hmm. Yeah. But I think, like, even off the top of my head, like, Jack missing his wife and being upset, and that's why he doesn't want to see Barbara, but then Victor goes, besides Jack, but they did these, and then it's like just this humour. <laughs> yeah, it turns it round. Aye, yeah. and it's just, this, it's just this perfect mix. Yeah. I don't know if maybe even they realise if it just oh, happened by accident, do you know what I mean? No, they're good actors. Aye. Yeah, yeah. And see, but that, see that, that was impro- improvised. <laughs> just... Yeah, that's a headlock, by the way. Aye, aye. He just aye. grabbed me and went... Oh, it was amazing. And the whole way he's like, <laughs> when he's refusing, he's stick when Bobby's like, you got to introduce me, and Jack Victor's like, no. And even when he's walking in the pub, it's just these wee things. Yeah. Like, you go to walk in the pub and... Winston goes, hello, ladies, and he leans in, and then he sees you, and he like, oh, he's back. <laughs> I love the bit, they always show this bit when Gavin's uh, Bobby, when I walk in behind, you know, uh, <laughs> can I get you? <laughs> and, and uh, is it, uh, is it uh, Greg that steps in front of me? or steps Greg's to, in front of you, yeah. and Forbes is in front of Eileen McCallum. Yeah, and he just steps to the side, and, and it's Gavin's face, and, <laughs> and drops the... Uh, Drops the bottle. She gets a Drops the bottle. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's magic. And they're, they're, I must they're, they're brilliant people as well. They're real, and I mean that genuinely. Aye, they aye. Are, they're great guys. And when I went to that screening, when I went to that screening, I got to speak to quite a few people, and Greg Kempel was particularly lovely. Yes. Like speaking to us. Actually, my pal's dad was the uh, head cameraman for like the first three series. His name's John McNeil. John McNeil, mm. that name, John McNeil. So he would have filmed you in series yeah. one anyway. Hmm. Uh, so that's how I got the invite with John Amy and Amy and John to right. do that. And Shamshad actor met her. She oh. was uh, her, her humour was very very coarse. You couldn't <laughs> put it out before the watershed. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. Aye, aye. Very funny. She was lovely. Great. But I just but you've had her here? You've... No, no, I met her at the at the screening. Oh, right, right. But being the mad super geek fan, I am I knew it was her because she's been in the Fond Kiss, yes. the Ken Loach film. Mm, that's right. Um, so I kind of made a beeline for her. She asked me to hold the lift <laughs> open and she said, uh, she's running for the lift and as I held it, she said thanks. So I said, no problem. I says, uh, she said something like, oh, I owe you for that one. I can't be bothered going up the escalator. And I said, right, well, you can repay me if I can get a wee picture. And she says, only if we're going to do it page three style. I swear to God. <laughs> I was really taken aback. I was like, all right, okay. Oh, brilliant. Um, and did you? I smashed the wallpaper on my phone, do you want to see it? <laughs> um, I was, what? So you, you've, you've acted in quite a lot of things. I've got a wee list here, right? Oh, my pal wants me to pass on this message. And Molly and Mac, his V-boy loves you. Aww. 
And when they go, I have no idea what this means, right? So you'll be able to tell me. When they go to Queen's Ferry, all his son wants to do is go to the big hub. And when you say the big hub is now closed, his son can be found crying his heart out. You said that, that's right. You said, oh, I said that would share that. Oh, that is lovely. It's mad. Absolutely, the, the kids love it. I've, the response has been great. We're doing uh, more episodes. Right. And it's, see- a, it's a great wee thing. Okay, it's for three to five year old. Well, not three to five. Maybe a bit older. But um, <coughs> it's uh, it's been a, one of the best jobs I've worked on. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And... Um, and the kids just love it. The wee girl Molly is mm. Mimi. She's so good. She's so good. Um, and also, I'm trying to think who else was in it. Stephen, Stephen McNichol, James, James McKenzie, McKenzie, Alison Peebles, and oh, she's going to kill me. Um, Katrina. Katrina. Brian, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Katrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I missed somebody out. But it's great. It's good. CBB's setting it's called Bridgetown Bridgetown hmm. that's an awful lot like a certain yeah. place <laughs> who wrote that I'm I joking I know but I think Peter um, the, the guy who created it I don't know if he's English or not Bridgetown but it's based in Queen's Ferry right okay yeah oh lovely that's nice uh, he could, when he's wee boy he's a wee bit older he'll be able to listen back to this then. what's his name I don't know, you never told me. Oh. I know, I feel bad. Oh. What I'll do is I'll find it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll find a way to sort into this. So, no, send it, I'll send a wee I've done it quite a few, because a few kids, as I say, they do like it. So I've been asked to do, um, a wee, do a wee video and say, hiya, Callum and Adam, or uh-huh. whatever his name is. I was wondering <laughs> if I could maybe get you to say something in the style of Edith for, um, <laughs> for bringing this in. Uh, <laughs> I do, I feel like I'm just not asking Don't you worry. questions and I feel we'll get there. No. Nope. We will get there. But the one I wanted to w- ask you about, you've worked with Eileen McCallum. Mm-hmm. By the way, her first acting job was in 1958. That oh, blows my mind. No, she was stunning. Mm-hmm. Still is. Still stunning. is, mm-hmm. eh? Absolutely. She, she played your sister and still mm-hmm. game. You murdered her violently, but you made it look like an accident in you River City. <laughs> So yes. I heard. It was an accident, yeah. You're both saying. She wouldn't let me name my grandchild, so what right, else could okay. I do? I know. <laughs> I mean, how else would you deal know. with it? I pushed Kim in front of a car and she ended up, that's Kim is married now to wee Bob, who's really my son. Mm-hmm. Not Scarlett's son, he's my son. Is that Stephen Gordon? It's wee Stephen, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, oh, another great. Sally, sorry about that if you're listening. Sally Howitt. Mm-hmm. Stephen's mine. Okay, wee <laughs> Bob is mine. Well, yeah. You and Eileen are also both signed to Brennan Artists. Yes. Have you always had like a close relationship or had, have you just by chance ended up working together and in the same kind of Eileen and I? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Uh, when did I first work with her? I've worked with Eileen a few times. I think we did radio together. <clears throat> We've done... Well, she is, she's, I mean, she is brilliant. Mm-hmm. She is fantastic. We've done radio and telly. Did Grey Granite. We were just talking about that, the guy who... Uh, Pete Raffin, who used to be an actor, he's now lives in Australia. Don't know how to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. He's in Grey Granite. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you the story is, I had to see a line, and it's Aberdonian, right? Right. And I didn't know what was the proper way to say it. So the director said, say it this way. Pete Raffin, who's from that area, said, no, say it this way. Um, and mm. I, it, the way the director said it's Nathan... See Nathan and Peter's going to me, no, it's Nathan. It's Nathan. <laughs> of course, who did I go with? The director. And now it's there for... Ever. Ever. And it, 
somebody uh, the question was are you, are you going down there went, what are you going down for Nathan okay <laughs> 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 Nathan so there you are I should have listened to the actor uh, but um, Eileen's <laughs> been about she's She's been kicking yeah, a ball for a long been, time. Yeah, been in America as well. She, uh, You'd never know, and I, and I say this in the least disrespectful, patronising way, but she doesn't look her age at no, all. No, no. And Una McLean is another one. I mean, Una is... Do you know Una? No. Oh. Unless, maybe I do. Maybe I should must. Google her. You need to Google her. She's, oh, she's a fantastic street actress, but also a brilliant comedic... Yeah, Una MBE McLean. No less. Hmm? She's an MBE. Oh, I didn't even know that. Ooh. Oh, my. Right. You do know. Hmm. Aye, she's, in, she's in uh, back to Rain Man mode, but she's in Fly Society. She's the one that kids on. She's rich and still game. When they go to see Uncle oh, Vanya. yes, that's Never knew that. <laughs> as soon as I saw her, I'm, how disrespectful is that to somebody who is an MBE who's been about forever? <laughs> and I remember her for a 20 minute part in the still game as soon as I see her. Amazing. No, she's brilliant. Dorothy Paul, do you know who Dorothy Paul is? Aye, of course. Of course. Also in still game. I know, so that's true. Francis's sister. Yeah, that's right. Molly Drummond. Hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm outing myself as a weirdo, aren't I? <laughs> uh, no! Still game side. Yeah. <laughs> For those who can't see, Maureen did a very, very sarcastic face there. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of... I mean, some of the people that have been in Still Game, David Heyman, yeah. Sylvester McCoy. Is that his name? Uh, Eamon, oh, is that out, Eamon McDonald? No. Oh. No, it's all right, don't panic, because it's yeah. out in the news. Mm. Boy, it, people know she's in it. Right. They just mm. don't know what Martin she is. Martin Compton. Gary Lewis is Gary. in episode six. Oh, is he? Aye, plays a barman. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, trying who else? Brilliant. There's been a few. Sean Connery was tipped to be in it before. Really? Aye, but they, they, couldn't, they couldn't come to an agreement. This was like way back. Wow. I think he was wanting all sorts. Yeah. To be in it. I know. Where the daft in I'm going to try a wee link here. Eileen McCallum was in famously in the Steamy. You were in the Steamy as well. What I'd like to ask you about is, mm-hmm. you've done a lot on TV, but you've Not much, I know well a fair bit. You've done more than me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. So to me, you've done loads, but you've done a lot of stuff in theatre. Mm. Is that was that like a deliberate pursuit? Is that like your real passion? I don't, you take work where you can get it to mm. be to be fair it's just that so you don't need to sell kidneys to no, pay mortgages you can't exactly you've not got a luxury to go oh, well you know I'm not that, that I'll do theatre or I'll do telly it's mm-hmm. whatever work comes and, um, and it is and I sound like um, terrible don't act but it is it's tough you've you've they'll audition in London first you'll you know maybe come up here with a movie and you'll get two lines mm-hmm. you audition for two lines and it can be quite, um, quite humiliating, actually, <laughs> that you've got two lines, you've got, and there's, it's just like a cattle market. Aye. So you, t- you go wherever work takes you. And But I've been blessed with working with some cracking people in theatre. Yet yeah, the is just, that was another brilliant experience. Aye. Yeah. That's will apply to both of you, then, with what you've done in theatre and stuff. Do you think because you need to nail it? Obviously, if you're doing it live, you can hardly be like, no, wait, 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 do that again. <laughs> See, when you go into TV... Do people find that you're a lot slicker, that you can get things done a lot quicker, less takes, or...? No. Because no. that's, that's a completely different um, mm. genre. It's, it's mm. a different way of acting, completely. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to pull it in when mm-hmm. you're doing telly, and whereas theatre's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, um, yeah, it's just completely different. So there's, I don't think 
because you're experiencing theatre, you'll be good in telly. That's definitely not, not right. Mm-hmm. No. It's a different skill set. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's good about up here is um, University of the West of Scotland and now the Conservatoire as well and uh, uh, Lanarkshire College, New Lanarkshire College, they've all got really good TV studio facilities. Uh, Glasgow University as well. Um, for Glasgow students, City. Glasgow City, yeah. The location yeah, that we're um, in, which we can't name because I'm not meant to be in here, also has really good. Uh, yeah. It rhymes with Smaledonian University. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it could be anywhere. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but they've, uh, um, they've got some, we are, uh, just across the hall there, get some really good things as really? well. Really? Great. So, I was just going to say that there's great facilities now in universities and drama schools and things for uh, a training ground. Mm-hmm. When I was at drama school a long time ago, uh, we didn't have any training in TV at all, which meant that I only, I'd only had theatre experience mm-hmm. or short films. So it meant when I first went on a TV set, there was a lot of brass necking having to pretend that I knew what I was doing. Aye, fake it till you make it. Well, yeah, That's and how a lot of people. This whole time so far. A lot, yeah, and a lot, a lot of people do. A lot yeah. of people do. They do mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't, don't really know what they're doing, and and then you learn sort of on the job, uh-huh. and that's what that's what happens. But that didn't mean that I was an experienced actor because I had a lot of experience, yeah. but it was theatre work. But it is a, such a completely different skill set. It's not for everybody. No, actually, one one or the other, or both. You know, I work with students quite a lot at the conservatoire there in. As, you know, in the the film course, and there's some people that are really good actors that just can't or don't want to contain mm-hmm. themselves for camera, or the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my nephew Michael Maureen's son is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. I think he's absolutely brilliant, and he's brilliant in front of camera, um, but hasn't had a lot of theatre mm-hmm. experience yet. So he's somebody the other way. You mm-hmm. know, so it's just not for. And some that's in in his um, <clears throat> that's the thing uh, he. He loves film, doing all the TV stuff and um, working on that, but he's just finished a, a course doing Shakespeare. Oh, really? mm-hmm. I've been with Jennifer Dick and mm-hmm. it's, he's loved it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not Shakespeare at all. <laughs> no, I'm not really. And I've never been asked. I think I'd like to get asked to play the nurse in Romeo and Juliet, but I don't think I would. I will do. But it's that um, accessibility again. Mm-hmm. Um, Theatre, we're going back to the working class thing we were talking about. You were talking about what's the difference between telly and theatre. Mm-hmm. But I just think that you work where you can get work, and but there's not enough of it. Mm. There's not enough, unfortunately. Things are meant to be changing, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's, t- it's really tough out there, mm-hmm. and everybody's vying for one line, two lines, mm-hmm. or you're not getting an audition, you're not getting seen for things, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, which is frustrating for people. Aye. In, in the modern day, maybe with the younger generation, mm-hmm. might struggle with that as well because there's instant gratification available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Social media or everything is instant. Mm-hmm. Can I'm not saying this for everybody as a sweeping statement, but I think young people would struggle with that rejection mm-hmm. a, a lot. It would be tough. And then will they then continue to persevere with that? And Yes. And can you afford it? That's, that's, that's the thing. Can you afford the rejection? I am. I must admit, I've coped with that okay. I wasn't too bad with things. I, rejection. <laughs> no, but I genuinely, I don't. It's part of the acting. You know, there's, you just go, well, well, just have to go on to the next one. But there's not there's people who can't handle that and then take it personally, but it's not Aye. a personal thing. Aye. You know, being on the other side of it, the camera, watching additions or, you know, um, 
you know it's not, it's got nothing to do, it might be mm-hmm. nothing to do with your performance. Mm-hmm. Joel Hurlick spoke about this, he was saying that um, often they'll have an idea of a character, so somebody could come in, they could be amazing, they could blow them away, but if they don't fit the mould of that, that mm-hmm. character. Exactly. That's right, I had an audition for Scott Squad, and never happened, because I didn't fit what they were looking for, <laughs> so I hear that, I'm like, I play that to myself on repeat all the time, like therapy. <laughs> um, but it's true, aye. you know, you might not mm. be, they might be looking for a redhead, or a blonde, aye. or that's how, mm. you know, that's... It's never to do, it's rarely, rarely to do your talent in this industry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Every other industry of work, you can progress, there's a natural progression that happens with experience but that's not always the case in this industry Mm -hmm. it's often why people have to add to their skill set very few people now purely do acting and acting alone Mm -hmm. a lot of people are actors and writers or Mm -hmm. actors and directors or actors and producers or actors and teachers or actors and something Mm -hmm. because people who want to act and act only which you should be able to do and in any other industry you would be able to you wouldn't say to a plumber can you be a plumber oh could you do a bit of carpenting as well Mm -hmm. because that's something else it's sort of related to what you do but it's Mm -hmm. not what you do um for me, I'm glad because it, like getting other skill sets and everything like that has, has helped me and it's given me a much more rounded approach to how I approach acting anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely helped me if I'm directing. The fact that I am an actor helps me a lot mm-hmm. if I'm working with other people. Um, it's not for everybody. Uh, I think something that you said really struck something in me there about uh, younger people going into this. There's a, diff- a whole different element now to performance, which is instant instant um, transmission on social media mm-hmm. for people yeah. so there are people that become overnight uh, some things yeah. and get get uh, thousands and blah blah views that the, and I think that's amazing that that can happen now people yeah. can film their own stuff and get it online immediately and I think that's brilliant and um, what I would say to anybody who is doing it is think of it as a longevity think of things with longevity if, if this is going to be a career thing rather than an instant, I want this to happen overnight. I should yeah. be I should be a star tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work if this is going to be your job. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. what I would say. If yeah. you're having a if you are your own business, it's what I would yeah. say to people. I suppose then it would also have to be <clears throat> an element of genuine passion for it mm-hmm. in order to yeah. pursue that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of trying to get that across across to people when we have the conversation. Like if you read The Alchemist by Paulo mm-hmm. Coelho, mm-hmm. Exp- yeah. so The Alchemist is. The basic premise is that if you go after your, say, your heart's desire or what is, you know, your most instinctive line of pursuit or whatever, things will work for you and they'll happen because you're doing it purely because you love it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just trying to do something to become rich or to be famous or for these sort of visceral, uh, sort of illusionary things, then it's never going to happen because you'll get bored with it mm-hmm. and you'll turn your hand to something mm-hmm. else. So mm-hmm. there also has to be then, well, that's my one picking up from what you're saying there has mm-hmm. to be that love yes. for the craft otherwise you ain't going nowhere yeah yeah and people train I, d- I didn't train I didn't go to drama school but you know they're spending thousands mm-hmm. as thousands of pounds mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on something that they train for and then you know the, a reality tv star will come in <laughs> <laughs> and take you know a yeah. west end because that, that's me and I'm not a singer I'm not a, a musical theatre at all but I've heard them talk about you know all that training and then somebody comes in from 
Big Brother celeb- mm-hmm. or not celebrity. She's the last, mm-hmm. if you love Ireland, it's in 95. Mm-hmm. Amber mm-hmm. Uh, Davis, I think mm-hmm. she's got a part. Mm-hmm. Which I think she's fairly talented. She mm-hmm. I think she's fairly talented and she's trained, but there's there's no doubt that she jumped the queue a wee bit because mm-hmm. she's got an audience of 3 million people. Exactly. That's three advertising That's the 3 million, yeah. Yeah. That is life, exactly. Money yeah. talks. And the producers are quite right, and it is money talks. Mm-hmm. Quite, that, but that's frustrating for people who are trained and mm-hmm. um, for somebody just to come in and go, mm-hmm. um, a producer said, we'll have her. Or, yeah. But as I say, it's not the person who, what's her name? Amber <laughs> Davis. Amber Davis. Mm-hmm. It's not her fault. That no, she's obviously going to take it, isn't oh, she? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, also, I mean, I think most got and still has a brilliant career and hasn't trained. You people don't need to train mm-hmm. uh, for success. I wouldn't say. I mean, uh, that's just not the way it is. I think people no. have raw talent, and, um, ah, and that's true. I did. I spent a lot of money. As did my mum and dad. So, what was your timeline for school? You, did you go to drama school? I went. I here's my timeline. Tell um, me. So I moved down south at the age of eight with right. my mum and dad with a family of five right. kids, and so my three older brothers stayed up here, uh, and my sister and I moved down south. So I, all my adult education was down south. All right. So I went to sixth form and I had my A levels, and then I went to Warwick Uni, and I did a degree there in English and Theatre Studies. Because okay. I knew I wanted to go into acting, but I was scared because. I had two older brothers that were in the industry already, and okay. it, although I admired them and I loved well, them, wait a minute. Knew it to do it. I'm sorry, but is, so is your older brother Brian? And Martin, yes. yeah, Mo's married to my brother Martin. Oh. And Ed. And Ed right. as well, yeah. That how unprofessional do I look not what, knowing don't that? Be silly. No. Don't be silly wait a minute, at all. So wait, was Brian in um, mm-hmm. filth recently? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, he was. Aye. Yeah. Right, okay. Sorry, that was just pure mind wise me. That's okay, sorry, you don't have to so be was sorry. It part, was it part of you, like, <laughs> dipping your t- wanting to, obviously with that apprehension with your brothers in the industry, was it, was that like dipping your toe in where you've still got something else but you've got the theatre because the English studies were there? Or? Yeah, I wanted to have, I wanted to learn more, and advice from my, my eldest brother Martin, who's always given me great advice, he was said to me, get something else behind you as well if you're going to go down that route. Mm-hmm. So I did, and uh, I don't regret that for a minute. Yeah. And it meant that um, when I finished university, I was 21, and mm-hmm. I wanted to go to drama school, but I had already just had three years of being a student, and I couldn't afford just to go straight to mm-hmm. another thing. So I moved back home with my parents and had three different jobs. <laughs> I was doing right. marketing, and I worked in a pub, and I worked in a, a care home for the elderly at the weekend. I did everything to try and kind of save money. And as I was doing that, working in a pub, there was a, a live singer one of the nights and it was the weirdest thing and brilliant thing that you don't think happens, but it happened. And there was a singer in the pub and all the locals were going, go and give us a song, Sarah, give us a song. And I used to always sing in bands and stuff like that when I was at uni. And I said, oh, no, I couldn't. Hey, all right then. Right, jumped right. over the bar. You're saying, no, I couldn't. I, I couldn't you're possibly, setting up your mic stand. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't possibly knock them over together. <laughs> and uh, I did get up and I sang a song. I sang crazy, actually. Patsy Klein. And uh, afterwards, uh, this woman came up to the bar and I said, you know, all the locals and all that, they were all clapping. And this woman came up to the bar and uh, I said, what can I get for you? And she said, I'm an agent, actually. I'm, I'm that singer's agent. And I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> right, what can I get for you? She went, no, no, I really am. And I was like... Oh my god, and, and you also think I'm an idiot. So, well, she did, but we got on very well. And um, she uh, she then was my kind of singing agent for a couple of years, and uh, 
I kind of so going to drama school was delayed then for mm-hmm. a few years because I started this sort of cabaret world of, right. of cabaret singing and I've sang in every working man's club holiday park <laughs> everything going um, all down <laughs> south mainly um, and did that full time for a couple of years and then I went to drama school mm-hmm. so I went to drama school in 2002 but what I would say is I was glad I went that way because actually the cabaret circuit really gave me a lot of strength because I was up on my own in front of working men's clubs and all mm-hmm. that. Ah, so for the, like all these years later, 18 years, whatever that is, I can't do math, 16, I don't know. I had a math shooter for my exams. It obviously didn't pay off. <laughs> um, all this time later, uh, that's what stand-up reminds me of. Right. The difference being that I'm not singing and, and talking a wee bit in between. I'm talking, but actually my stand-up I sing as well. Mm-hmm. But so I kind of, uh, I've gone about things and I kind of, windy way but yeah. I think that's why I'm lucky because I feel like I, I enjoy acting I enjoy directing I enjoy writing I enjoy stand up I enjoy I enjoy so many things yeah. and I think that's because I've taken quite a varied journey a, if a you like a bit yeah bit not of so straightforward path no not a straightforward path but now I feel if somebody said I would like to do this do you think you could help me mm-hmm. I'm like in what capacity aye okay uh-huh. you know what, have, you, have you got anything coming up where people could come and see you? Or where? Yeah, well, um, I, I've just been working with Kevin Brannigan, who uh, I think Ooh. you know. Good friend of mine. He'll Good be Kevin Brannigan. Will be coming on. I was going to say he actually wanted me to talk about his <laughs> his part and what surface. He says make sure he's got any raise and he's shouting at the his, his speaker or whatever. He's like you little bastard, why? But he did. Well, it's a big thing. Yeah, then. We would have been talking about you anyway. <laughs> um, we were slagging you before we came on, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I he on you go. He wanted to, to talk about his feature and what's her face. Well, uh, yeah, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mo knew Kevin uh, from, uh, from work that she'd done with him. Yeah. And then Kevin approached Mo to ask if she could maybe direct him in a thing or help him with a thing and Mo couldn't but Mo pointed Kevin in my direction and said maybe I could help mm-hmm. and last year I co-wrote and directed Big Angie's Big Day with yep. Kevin which uh, was brilliant hugely successful yeah we had a great time and uh, and <laughs> we had a great time it was utterly bonkers and it was you know the things we talked about over my kitchen table were hilarious <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> what do you mean marry myself what are you talking about <laughs> anyway um, so I <laughs> we can imagine uh, so no, we had a great time really got to know each other and bounced off each other well creatively and all of that stuff and uh, so he has just ha- um, been had some development work done on a, on a TV idea that he's mm-hmm. got and I was directing him with that this week and it went really really well great bunch of people that were involved in that and when Mo and I were talking about um, <laughs> the show, What's Her Face, uh, there's one... What was that, sorry? Uh, that wit's Her Face. Um, <laughs> wit, wit, funny, wit, witty, <laughs> witty, <laughs> What's Her Face. Um, yeah, we were talking about uh, the casting of a particular sketch, mm-hmm. which I don't think we should say which no, one it is. No, we not say which one. Um, and... Uh, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. Want, yeah, want to know, come and see. Come and see Aye. it. 
And uh, we thought, oh gosh, who could we get to do that? And then we were talking about it and we were like, Kevin! <laughs> so uh, I said to Kevin, and he nearly laid an egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was quite happy about that and we're delighted to have him. Yeah, uh, he'll be brilliant. He will be. He's yeah. a supremely talented, <laughs> thoughtful guy. I'm looking yeah. forward to having him on. He's got a bigger heart than America. I mean, he really has. Aye. He's so generous and brilliant. Definitely. Some, definitely somebody that, if you're not aware, I'm speaking to you, whoever's listening. Hmm. If you're not aware of who Kevin Brannigan or Big Angie is, then you will very soon. <laughs> yeah. You'll be on your TV. <laughs> um, I so what's the face? I think we've pretty much covered it. I think we did. Anything you just want to bring up? Well, it's I'm a very doing. Open forum. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. doing a wee, I'm mm-hmm. doing um, Chick Murray mm-hmm. at the Ormore, mm-hmm. which is uh, Dave Anderson's playing Chick Murray, and I'm playing Mayday. And you go, mm-hmm. do you know who Chick Murray is? Do you? Aye. Right. Did you like watch any stuff? Billy Connolly's favourite comedian. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Maybe I have, and I'm just need, not aware. Because I saw by your face, you. Uh, I don't know who Chick Murray is. I mean, I've, I know the name. Like, you need to Google mm-hmm. Chick Murray. Mm-hmm. He is a legend. Mm-hmm. He really is. He's a legend. So I can't believe you don't know who Chick Murray is. I know you're looking at him. I'm a bit easy. I know. <laughs> I, so they should be. No, it's a great. So it's an on more. I'm doing that, and I think actually the tickets are. I think it might be sold out. Yeah, uh, I was looking on the website. Well, register. I don't know why I'm plugging so it. So you're just boasting it? Uh, no, <laughs> it's got nothing to do with me. It's not. <coughs> it's been on Greenock because he was born in Greenock. He came from Greenock. Oh, okay. So we're in at Traverse in Edinburgh and I think that's sold out. And Greenock, yes. At the Beacon. And then so. I'm doing a thing called ro- Locker Room Talk. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a comedy by any means, <laughs> actually. But it's really interesting if you're where's, a guy. Where's that? Um, Roundabouts, we're doing Tron Theatre and yep. Traverse, Dundee. Uh, I can't remember exactly everywhere, but it's really interesting concepts. A guy, a guy, kill me, a guy. Gary McNair, writer and actor. Hey, who is a guy? You, don't, you wouldn't mind calling him a guy. guy. He's brilliant. <laughs> he's come up with this concept. You know, remember Trump and his locker room talk and uh, right, I, okay, the pussy yeah. and that. So. Gary went round and spoke to. <laughs> I'm just in my mind. I'm, I'm going to need to get that bleep button. It. No, that's fine. You're allowed to say whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. Hold on, because I need it without me laughing. Can I say that again, please? Grab him by the pussy. <laughs> oh no, actually, it should be grab her by the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's made my year. I can just retire this on a high note. Oh, brilliant. So, like, this is really serious, Locker Room Talk. Yes. Yeah, no, yes. We should have been actually. Laughing at it, but I... No, but no, it's, it's, you're allowed. But it's, no, he went round and spoke to guys anonymously. They, they didn't, uh, you're not allowed to know who they were. So, mm-hmm. he went from plumbers to binmen to professors and asked them how they spoke in front of. Um, their pals in a locker room, how would you talk? Mm. So what happens is he's recorded it all and there's four actresses. We've got it's called Verbatim Theatre. Right. Put headphones in and you are given you're allocated so you've got a script, you're allocated yeah. certain parts. So you speak the words of the men. Oh right. So okay. it's having these women talk right. the words and some of it is really oh, really <laughs> misogynistic oh, and aye. filthy and but it is it's quite interesting and there's four different um Types of women, can I say? Yes. For different... Um, mm. Yeah, there, there is... I think they've got a good cast. In fact, it's Nicola Roy, mm-hmm. Gabe Quigley and Jamie Leary. 
and it's really it's really interesting. To I would it. like to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you you should do. I've been in dressing rooms, played football all my life, so mm-hmm. I'm well aware. And to hear it coming from a woman's voice, that would be it very makes people go, yeah, Aye. they go. Mm. Aye. So get to see it, locker room talk. I think that might sell quite quite fast, actually. Aye, I'm going to. Mm. At the I'd, Tron Theatre. If it's the Tron Theatre, definitely. So if it's in Glasgow, yeah, that would be good. I think I'll get a ticket for that. <laughs> Um, as a reminder, if there's anybody who wants to get tickets for What's Her Face? What's Her Face? Oh, what a night. Glasgow Tramway, 31st of March. Tickets available at sits.co.uk. That's C-I-T-Z. Or just phone 0141-429-0022. Can I just say before you wrap, guys are invited as well. It's not just for women. Right, okay. Right? And how, how Bring am your I get, da, your brother. How am I getting auctioned off? Oh, come on, two pence. <laughs> I really don't want to price, price people like that. No, no. I mean, I've offered myself as as a raffle prize, but Mo, Mo said no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got a kettle instead. Yeah. <laughs> the kettle's hotter than me, that's a <laughs> pure fact. <laughs> Only when it's turned on. Oh. Um, Maureen, Sarah, thank you so much for coming. This has been really great fun. I'm looking forward to listening to this back oh, before I put no. it. Just to double check, don't worry, I'll take it. All the mental stuff. Thanks. Cheers. Thank Thanks, you, it's been brilliant. say this every single time after every podcast but I really 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 enjoyed it um, it was great fun Maureen and Sarah were fantastic guests and like I say two lovely people if you meet them you'll understand what I'm talking about um, I thought it was very insightful and a very um, very thoughtful and eye opening discussion because obviously they're talking about a lot of stuff that I've got no clue about other than previous podcasts I suppose or anything I've read or picked up so that was great and I can't thank them enough for their time I'll be back again soon, um, pretty shortly. If you're listening to this way after it's gone out, that doesn't really matter to you, does it? Um, I would. One thing I would like to say is a big thank you to everybody that's been supportive and been kind. It does mean a lot, um, and it is encouraging. So thank you very much for that. If you're somebody that's left a rating, um, passed on a kind comment, shared it, whatever, I really, really appreciate it. I really do. Well, that's me. So I'll see you next time. Cheers.